Hi, I'm Colleen McClellan, and this is So, What Do You Do? It's a show about jobs. And hey, happy Mother's Day. Hi, Mom. I love you. While we're at it, let me offer a special shout out to the mother of Baylor, my interviewee. She gave him a ride on his 19th birthday to some strange lady's kitchen for an interview. I met Baylor for the very reason that I decided to interview him. He's outgoing and interesting and professional and just finishing high school. After I performed at a storytelling event in March, I met Baylor through the MC, who is one of his many mentors. That MC, named CJ Hunt, co-founded New Orleans' improv comedy program called The New Movement, so you'll hear us refer to that. We also talk at one point about Jenny Beaven, an amazing costume designer and a person whose name I could not remember during the interview. Jenny Beaven, if you're out there, call me. But I digress. We also refer to something called NOCA without ever really explaining what it is. NOCA is the New Orleans Center for Creative Arts. I'll read from their official website. NOCA is a regional pre-professional arts training center that offers students intensive instruction in culinary arts, dance, media arts, filmmaking and audio production, music, classical, jazz and vocal, theater arts, drama, musical theater and theater design, visual arts, and creative writing, while demanding simultaneous academic excellence. NOCA was founded in 1973, dot, 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 Winton and Branford Marsalis, Harry Connick Jr., Terence Blanchard, Jean-Michel Charbonnet, Wendell Pierce, Anthony Mackey, Mary Catherine Garrison, and Gary Solomon Jr. are only a few NOCA graduates who can attest to the extraordinary educational opportunity the center represents to the children of Louisiana. End quote. That place is no joke. A press release from the Louisiana Legislative Auditor taught me that as of 2015, NOCA is funded through $5.6 million from the State General Fund and $2.1 million from the Department of Education, as well as supplemental funding from the advocacy branch called the NOCA Institute. It is therefore a tuition-free program for full-time, half-time, and after-school arts education. And if it sounds like a lot of money, it's money well spent. 100% of the first senior class graduated, and in the 2013-2014 school year, 92% of NOCA students received good or excellent scores on year-end exams. That's compared to 62% in the state overall. Though it didn't wind up being the focus of our interview, Baylor studies film there, and he's a half-time student, which per Wikipedia actually used to be the norm. I could go on all day about my passion for publicly funded art and arts programs, but I will spare you. Throughout the interview, you'll hear the sounds of pastries and plates and squeaky doors and sniffles. That's because it was Baylor's birthday, so we were noshing on baked goods, and we recorded this in my kitchen, where my four lovely roommates were coming and going. And boy, did I have a cold. The hardest part of editing this thing was toning down my horrible-sounding laughter. Something about having a head cold transforms it from like SpongeBob SquarePants into like amplified gremlin. So forgive me for that. It's a little bit fast and loose here at So What Do You Do? Anyway, with that, take it away, Baylor. So, uh, Baylor, happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) How old are you? I am now 19. Hey, that's exciting. I know, last year was a teenager. When I was putting this together, I was like, I don't know. There's, you're the youngest person I'll have on the show. That's cool. Um, (laughs) And I thought, hey, he's 18. He can do what he wants. 
<laughs> um, so tell me, you are currently in your last year at NOCA. Yes, that's correct. I don't know. So tell me about your sort of curriculum and what you do at school. Well, uh, at NOCA, it is a multi-arts school. It's essentially a sort of like a school that prepares you for college. Uh, the academics are harder than college, so they prepare you in that <laughs> sense. Uh, so it's like everybody's told me that, that when they've gone to college, it's a lot easier than NOCA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you in, in the art department-wise, there's like so many different arts and unexpected arts, like theater design, just building props and being backstage managing and stuff like that is an art. Mm-hmm. And also culinary and a bunch of other stuff. I myself am in film, uh, and it basically they, you choose an art department and they train you over your whole high school life how to be prepared and ready for the real world. And uh, it's just it's like people say it's a lot like college, and it is a really good place to build up your skills. You know, you say they prepare you for the real world, and I think that so much of um, formalized education prepares a person for more formalized education and not necessarily for like job skills or like the oh, ability to sort of market yourself. It, it's a real like free thinking place. They li- really let you explore and identify yourself. So a lot of people that go there are not your usual teenagers and they already know what they want to do when they yeah. grow up and stuff like that. And uh, you know, some of them, even if they go to the art, don't even want to do it. They still know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And they want to have this like on a, their resume saying, oh, I'm all over the place and I can be really good at things. Yeah. And I think that's a really great thing. Like it's helped me so much. Like, uh, because now that uh, I've started, I'm slowly about to graduate, I started working at this studio that makes documentaries for different things like Time Magazine and uh, Jazz Heritage Festival and even personal stuff. And mm-hmm. They have these documentaries all around the world, which is really cool. How did you choose the film track? And when did you have to choose which track to, to take at NOCA? Uh, well, I mean... When I when I did dancing, I also did film, and I edited a lot of dance videos for people. So, mm-hmm. and I and I did a bunch of different YouTube things. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, if I really want to be more serious into it, and I got to find my calling in film, and just figure that out. It does seem like sort of a good like if you do film, you can therefore also do acting and dance and art. Like film is sort of a gateway to lots of other things as well. Absolutely, yeah. Sort of akin to like an English degree. That sort of like this is a skill you can use to do anything else. Yeah, it helps you discover anything because everything uses film, like commercial and whatnot. Yeah, Yeah. that's so cool. So the reason I wanted to get you on the show, though, is because you have sort of decided to put off college for a bit. The vast majority of people I've talked to on the show started their careers with a college degree or got a college degree, you know, during their, their, um, career building years. So I'd love to know what, what went into that decision and, and maybe what challenges you anticipate. Uh, well, first thing is, is I'm not good at school at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the start out there. But the thing is, is that, uh, uh, even though I love, I love the schools I go to and whatnot, the stuff I want to do uh, for the rest of my life, which is mainly uh, dancing, it doesn't really need a degree. These are very entrepreneurial paths that haven't really been fully developed. So I'm sort of trying, in a way, to pave my own path and also pave the way for others to make it easier and sort of bring up this side of the culture into a more, uh, not better light, but a, uh, in, a, in a better place, if you will. Yeah. 
how do you have you had mentors in your your time at NOCA and your time making this decision that have have taken that alternative path and maybe not followed the educational trajectory? Yeah, um, there are some there are some who didn't bother with college and have been very successful, um, but like a lot of them uh, said that they didn't go to college until they were like almost forty. So, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, those those and like one of them is a professor at UNO as well, along with being a NOCA teacher. So. When it, when it when it comes to things like college does help you get a lot easier life, but I expect I expect with this path I'm taking it's going to be a hard but fun path because um, you my generation made the word YOLO and you only live <laughs> once, but I actually do take that seriously. I take I take okay I want to be happy with my life. I want to do this. Um, how do I go about this? So if I'm going to do this, I need to make sure I have a plan. And I need to make sure I have a way of making myself. Uh, be able to make money so while it may be like oh this is my dream job and stuff like that and i'm just gonna focus on this it there's it's not like it's gonna be half-assed and just sorry are we allowed to say yes okay cool, cool, a cool totally independent podcast cool awesome all right so it's uh so i just <laughs> I, I, I don't try to do a half-assed job at this i actually try to take this seriously and go with bow plans so sure. i've had this I've had this plan slightly developed more in detail, uh, but I've been having this plan since I've been 11. So this yeah. has been me for like the rest of my, my almost my entire life now. It's funny hearing you say that because so many people have that same attitude, but about about something for which a structure exists. They're like, oh, I've wanted to be a doctor since I was 11, or I've wanted to be a writer since I was a kid. And for those, there are there are really codified and sort of like delineated paths to take and this is it's funny to hear you say you know since I was 11 because it by saying it's not half-assed and by saying you have like a battle plan you know and saying like this is the thing I want and the most efficient and healthiest way to get it isn't necessarily college I feel like that's something that people need to hear and that has legitimacy to it that is often sort of reserved for formal education oh for sure how do your parents take it, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, my parents support me 100%. <laughs> uh, no, but they really do. Uh, they want to make sure I get good grades, though, so that way I can have the option for college. But yeah. uh, but I've explained to them my plan. They thought it's a very good plan, and they've been very supportive all along. As a matter of fact, all the dance stuff and whatnot and all these things is just because of my parents. That's so sweet. What else is part of your battle plan? How, what are your plans for like housing and, and money so far? Well, I really like the house I live in with my parents. <laughs> and I've actually, my goal my goal in the long run is to sort of start taking over everything. So mm-hmm. I want to actually start paying the bills there. Mm-hmm. And um, just sort of slowly starting the house. First is to tackle the power bill because I want to control the air conditioning. Because sometimes <laughs> I sit way too hot and I sweat like a pig. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Another battle plan is to make sure that every opportunity that is open to me, I grab it with uh, the full idea that this can take me somewhere. Yeah. So a lot of open attitude and a lot of being social and being able to speak up for mm-hmm. myself articulately enough and uh, uh, talk really good. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, and then also just making sure that uh, I know who who I can trust and who not to trust because when you're going into the art field, uh, artists, you know, they're great people, but you know they can vary. You they can teeter. You know, you know, not all of them show up on time or whatever. They'll go like, oh yeah, I meant to do this project, but you know, I'll get yeah. to it in like 2019. 
but it's it all really just comes my the plan and everything is all just really just comes down to making sure I'm very open to everything mm-hmm. and I'm very social and able to not be afraid to talk to people. If you're always open to talk to people, it will open a whole bunch of new windows. Yeah, you know, people always talk about networking, and oh. it sounds so slimy. Oh, but it doesn't yeah. have to be. It can just be as little like I the way. Dear listener, the way I met um, Baylor was through uh, a performance at the Moth that was being emceed by a teacher of yours, C.J. Hunt. Yeah, he was he was definitely a mentor. But you, it was funny when we met. I was like, oh, this is like at least a college kid or maybe like a college grad who's like new to New Orleans. There's a there's a confidence that uh, that you have that I think is really um, it's a skill and it's clearly one that you've learned very relatively early. The other thing I want to ask you about, though, is is time management. You know, you mentioned, like, meeting people and taking up opportunities. And something I think my peer group has really struggled with since college is time management. Because in, in my group of friends and my group of colleagues, a lot of us did the, like, go to high school, apply to college right away, go to mm-hmm. college. And then there's once that structure goes away, it's very hard to impose a schedule on oneself and to impose um, responsible priorities upon oh, yeah. oneself. And it sounds like that's something that you've really taken um, taken on already. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and we talked before about this sort of like structureless or like less structured path that you're looking at. So how do you, how do you manage your time? What does your day look like and what do your weekends look like? Well, right now it looks like school, but in, uh, <laughs> in the uh, in the future, it's definitely going to look a lot more like uh, busy. There's going to be a lot. I, there's definitely my plan is to sort of have an hour of idea developing and making sure everything, and also budgeting as well, because money is also a real world thing that also <laughs> helps you carry out with your dreams. Uh, but also um, making sure that I have um, an actual plan, just double checking everything and making sure that. My work is actually uh, doing something that I want and making sure that it's planned out. But also my other plan is uh, to make sure that I am at least going somewhere with at least once a week going somewhere where I'm doing some work of some sort, which is one of the big things that I wanted to do, which I think a lot of people should do, or if they're in high school, is to intern somewhere they're very interested in. Internships help you so much that people don't really understand it. I, a couple of summers ago, I interned at WWOZ, and it helped me learn about radio and where I'm at. Because also with internships, it helps you find where your standing ground is. Because you go like, oh, I know all this stuff. I must be ready for the real world. And then you go to this and go like, no, I'm not. And then right. like it helps you understand. Because so internships help me sort of form the the plan and how my day will look like as a matter of fact because if I see where I need to improve or I see where I'm at then it tells me what I need to do and then it tells me where I need to look in a different direction or do a different focus on something but at the moment it's just do an internship and then also work and then also uh, make sure that the stuff I want to do is what I want to do and make sure I have the right plans for it. Well, how do you how do you Baylor yes. get paid? What part of what what part of how you spend your time gives you the money to afford a, an unpaid internship or an unpaid uh, position? Well, sometimes I'll do freelancing uh, jobs. Sometimes I film. I I work at this um, I work at this uh, 
YouTube uh, filming production called Step by Step, and uh, they, you know, they'll ask me to go to certain dance competitions to film, and they'll pay me for this. Uh, sometimes I'll do freelance editing jobs for uh, specifically, uh, you know, anybody that need that's looking for an editor, and they'll pay me. So, and it's also, you know, doing doing. Uh, Freelance services really helps out, and yeah. then in the long run, something will come up and it will be a permanent paying job, which is how I got this new job recently that's very exciting for me. Yeah, tell me about that. Uh, so, at this place called Rhythmic Art Center, mm-hmm. um, it, it is a great place, and it's a, it's a nice little studio. So, there, um, I wanted, uh, we have something in the West Bank that... Uh, us as street dancers get together at at a place called All Stars every Saturday, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a really really good place. But um, you know, there's also people in uh, New Orleans, in the actual city of New Orleans, because this is in the West Bank, that can't always make it there or whatnot. So this place, I was like, I talked to the guy who runs it named Chance, and I was like, look, I wanna I wanna be able to give a place also here and contribute more to the scene. And he was like, oh, absolutely. So we worked at a deal. So on Fridays from 6.30 to 9.30, I'll be hosting weekly sessions. And mm-hmm. then I'll be hosting monthly street dance tournaments as well, which is very exciting for me because that's like my favorite thing of all time. The genre is called a, a street dance. Uh, but it's uh, essentially, I thought it'd be interesting to and, and good to, to basically, you know, if people, you know, aren't motivated enough to come to the sessions or whatever and they can come to the dance competition because everybody loves a good chance uh of of getting out there and showing what they got and stuff like that and and, uh, street dance tournaments like that are really uh a great we we forget about ethnicities and we all just come together and have a good time and these things are very fun for the sport of it and it's not like a talent show at all yeah it's very different uh, the rulings are totally different and everything, but this event itself is called Groove Your Point, and it's uh, the categories. So, like, there's different street dance styles and stuff like that, and sometimes we single them out. So it could be like a one-on-one popping, which is one style of street dance, and then the next, and then like it will change every time. So like one time it will be popping, could be breaking, or something all together different. Mm-hmm. Or it could be all styles where anybody can enter. Mm-hmm. How did you find street dancing as something you enjoyed? I mean, did you just try it and love it? or? Well, when I moved here, uh, there was a, I discovered a thing called YouTube. <laughs> and uh, it looked really a cool. A little website you made. Yeah, for yeah. I saw, I saw a YouTube video and it looked really cool to do. Ever since then, I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. And uh, the most active healthy thing I've done in my entire <laughs> life so and it's fun so I decided to keep up with that and then like this this thing opened up a whole new world and like I was like oh I owe my life to dancing and that's why I decided to start hosting these competitions yeah life. how long have you lived in New Orleans Baylor well four years now okay so where were you before uh well I was long story short born in New Jersey moved to Chicago Moved to Cali, different place in Cali, then to New York, and then moved to New Orleans. Okay, so you've bounced around a fair amount. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's had an influence on your sort of open-mindedness about education? Like, just to have gone to that many different, presumably that many different school systems. I feel like that must... Yeah, I've been in every type of school under the sun. (laughs) Uh, 
from Catholic to home to Waldorf, which is a totally different school <laughs> on its own level. Yeah. Uh, and then public school and all these different types of schools. Um, so it definitely uh, just being able to move around and see the different areas and different type of viewpoints that people have yeah. definitely helped me just sort of be more open. What drew you to NOCA when you got here? Uh, it was immediately the fact that it was an art school that was funded by the state. Uh, <laughs> just like how how well they supported themselves and stuff like that. And like the fact that the state itself funded an art school, I never thought I would hear the day. And uh, it just attracted me so much to go like, oh my God, this is, this is a place where you can develop your skills and it will train you for the yeah. real world. And then I was like, there are very few schools like this and I need to take this. Yeah. You know, we met through CJ Hunt, who I've got to get on the show. Yes. CJ Hunt could not be funnier. Tell me about what you do with CJ. Is it at the New Movement or is it at NOCA? And like- yeah, uh, well, I mean, uh, he introduced me to improv comedy, which is, he was my mentor for improv comedy when I started taking the teen classes there. Uh-huh. And he had other fellow teachers with him, and they were all amazing in their own way. But CJ was the one that really... Uh, saw the potential in me and made me feel like I could do something and and like when we said something funny his laugh is so powerful it's so funny yeah and it's just like (laughs) if you hear that laugh you feel automatically satisfied if he was the only person in that audience then it's fine you're golden if you just have (laughs) CJ as your audience and you have like this big production number and he laughs you're fine but without but with CJ teaching me improv and all his fellow uh fellow improv peers he taught me how to sort of uh be able to uh freestyle it allowed me to sort of think on the spot a bunch of different uh things and improv does definitely helps you Mm -hmm. in the in in the way of being able to uh think on the spot because you know thinking on Johnny on the spot for a bunch of different things whether it's idea development or whatever it helps you build your imagination imagination is definitely important and that's what improv helped me with the most and that's what CJ helped me with the most yeah I have a, a lot of friends who make a living in creative fields and part of what I think is really interesting about it is the like feast or famine aspect of it like you mentioned freelancing like you know having these and I I have a full time job and I still freelance on the side as a writer and editor, but um, so you mentioned freelancing as sort of a baseline, not guaranteed, but a baseline income. And when it's happening, it's great, and you gotta be responsible about the the money part of it. Oh God, yes. So sort of uh, refreshing to hear a young person be like, "I have a plan for money. I have a plan for resume building. I have a plan for this, that, and the other." Does this plan work? I have no idea. No, no. But we'll find. We, I'll interview yeah. you again in like two years and see where you are. Yeah. I'll fly to Hollywood. No, I'm staying here. That's my long term goal: is to just live here for the rest of my life. This really? Is, this is the best place I've lived. Tell me more. There's things called Mardi Gras and cool people, and I just like the food you know in new orleans just like the the artistic vibe and just the fact that oh, you know you can make nothing out of something in new orleans just really attracts me well a lot of people say oh well the crime is high here and you know yeah but i mean that's you know anywhere yeah so like it just really depends but like the vibe i get from new orleans oh my god like new orleans itself and the quarry and whatnot is terrific it's, yeah it's it's made me the happiest here yeah I've, like found the most of myself here. New Orleans, I think, is still currently the number one place to film in all of America. Yeah. It beat LA like a while back. And then 
uh, there's a bunch of like and then the comedy scenes booming here with probably CJ and the moth and all <laughs> other amazing things but mainly CJ uh, I'm renaming the podcast by the way to the CJ Hunt fan show <laughs> CJ Hunt sorry what were we talking about Stay, staying in New Orleans oh staying in New Orleans and why yeah. well I mean also I want to I want to like the street dance thing is mainly going to be my main thing uh-huh. for, for for a while and I want to I want to help build up New Orleans as as a big thing as a big scene because right now the way it's worked is is like from what I understand is that like we don't call ourselves the New Orleans dance scene at the moment we do but it's mainly called the Gulf Coast scene where yeah Biloxi and Pensacola and New Orleans all together we make up a scene and we call ourselves the Gulf Coast scene and New Orleans is such a great place and well. All these different art scenes are booming. Jazz is already boomed, of course. Food is growing. <laughs> um, food is always growing. Film is becoming a big thing. Comedy is a big thing here, too. Why can't dance be as well? And, yeah. Uh, that's what I want to bring. Specifically, uh, street dance, because it's helped so many people. Just dance alone helped. Uh, and also all the events that we do for charity, like... I'm going to San Antonio after I graduate, like almost the weekend I graduate after I graduate, and it's this major charity event in San Antonio to help families who have kids with autism, and mm-hmm. they're going to be donating a whole lot of money. So I want to mm-hmm. go there and support, and all those kind of things. And I want to make sure I can bring here too, and like just the idea that New Orleans, also New Orleans, is a very like middle ground place for the South and all the Southern states. So I want to make that like a great meeting point for dancers as well you know it's funny you, you mentioned the the name using gulf coast instead of new orleans and i do think that is one type of remedy for the new orleans our sort of like tendency toward exceptionalism in the region yeah you know our our climate issues affect the whole region yeah. our economic issues affect the whole region differently because new orleans is a is a tourist hub but I like that idea of of sort of unity among all these different cities that don't necessarily have the the sort of household name quality New Orleans has, but really, I mean, the issues are the same across the board, and New Orleans just sort of covers them in Mardi Gras beads, and that's yeah. that's the difference. How do you communicate with leaders in the dance world who aren't in New Orleans and don't necessarily have that um, cultural capital? that maybe we have here and sometimes take for granted. Well, the people who are leaders are mainly the people that host uh, events, not the dancers themselves or the skill level. Skill level is just you have high skill level. It's like essentially, it's like Mad Max Fury Road when they send out their best warriors to an out-of-state competition. This is when I admit that I haven't seen that movie. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) They just walk out the door. Yeah, no. The interview is Goodbye! Anyways, um... (laughs) What was the name of the costume designer who showed up to the Oscars wearing like a... Oh, the hell if I know. She's my hero. Oh, is she? Um, Kath- well, I feel like more of like Kathy a jerk not Beaven. knowing. Oh, I, I think sure. her name is Kathy Beaven or something. Well, I... The point is, she's my... Like, anyone who can show up to the Oscars and be like, I want an Oscar and I don't have to wear a ball gown for yeah. it. Yeah, oh is, my God. That's... She rocks my world. Baller. If you're listening, the woman whose name I can't remember, I love you. <laughs> okay. I'm renaming um, the show. It's no longer the CJ Hunt show. Well, it's named after that lady. You just call it Phantom. Anyways, those people are mainly the, the people who mainly. It's not the who who's the strongest dancer in your scene, but who contributes the most to the scene. So I would not call myself yet a New Orleans, the leader of New Orleans yet. And this is something that normally I ask people who have like 
a full-time job and it is their life, you know? So it's yeah. a little bit different asking you from asking other people. But tell me what makes sort of the best day for you and what makes kind of the hardest one. The hardest one is my day, my life is when the day of the competition is happening. Yeah. That I'm hosting. And if it's a big turnout or whatever, or if it's everybody's having fun, that is what I live for in, in trying to contribute to the scene is I want to make sure that everybody has fun. We can all be competitive and say, I'm going to beat you at this thing. But um, it's it really comes down to being able to have fun. It's so important to have fun and mm-hmm. the fact that you know, and and be able to bring all these people together to have fun or make new friends that in the long run will become even greater friends truly makes this the thing I live for. If it's yeah. a small turnout, I'm very sad, but there's almost, there is no bad day. There's almost no bad day, and, and all the days are good, and all the days are challenging in their own way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's the easiest path I'm choosing, nor is the best path. But it's the path that I feel it's I feel it's the path that will make me happier in the long run and more uh make me feel like my life is more fulfilled. Well, thank you so much, Baylor, for doing this interview. I really appreciate it. This was an absolute honor and absolute treat. <laughs> and speaking of treats, I'm gonna have this pastry now. <laughs> Chew right into the um, microphone. Boom, boom. <laughs> and there you have it. Thank you to Baylor, as well as to his awesomely supportive parents, for giving us all a glimpse at the life of an arts high schooler who is absolutely going places. Next time, I'll talk to Janet Wilson of Funny Bones Improv. She's made a pretty amazing professional transition from public radio to, well, tune in and find out. In the meantime, sign up for the newsletter at tinyletter.com slash so what do you do. My name is Colleen McClellan, and this has been another episode of So What Do You Do? Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.